Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday Nightmares podcast, episode number 80. Holy shit, we have made it to another fucking 10 deck. Well, I don't even know what you'd call that, but yeah, we are. We made it to 80 episodes. It's yeah, impressive. 20 freaking episodes away from hitting 100. That is insane. Um, but I am one half of your hosting team this evening. Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek, in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. Fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, and ready to climax, and if you can, please get me wet and feed me after midnight. I'm the man with the glorious beard, a.k.a. Mother of Cats, a.k.a. the man with the humongous ego, a.k.a. Scott Housen, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie, a.k.a. The Golden God, a.k.a. Spanky, a.k.a. The Traitor. Though that one seems the title has been taken away from me because the dummies of horror guys seem to have forgiven me and all is right with the world again. But with me, as always, is... Sometimes I forget where I am because your intro <laughs> takes so long. <laughs> Heather Powell coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada, also known as That Bitch from the Horror for Dummies podcast, who still is a little sore that she didn't uh, lose the when the pool when the pool went up of the biggest bitch in horror. And I didn't win. I'd like to thank the people that voted for me, though. I really do appreciate that. I appreciate you having my back. Um, yeah, here we are. 80 episodes. You're right, Scotty. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's cray-cray, it's, crazy. Cray as the, it's cray-cray, as the kids would call it. Like, think about how three years ago when we were doing this, everything was locked down and everything sucked donkey dick. Right. Like, and little did we know that it would be a year and a half almost before, I know it was a year and a half before we saw each other in person again. Yeah, that's, like, it is weird because I think back on those times now and I'm going, did that really even happen? Yeah, it, it seems like a lifetime away, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a fever dream almost. Like, shit, that really did happen. Like, I, I'm getting, like, you know, stuff in my newsfeed popping up with my memories. Like, uh, when I'm, like, my uh, ex-roommate Tim and I were ordering uh, takeout constantly just to support restaurants because we couldn't go out to eat anywhere. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We were just doing like the trivia nights online and stuff like yeah. that just to keep our sanity. And <laughs> yeah, we would do yeah. online trivia nights. We would do a lot of podcasting, a lot of podcasting comparably to <laughs> we yeah, have we... no podcasting. Now. We hoard ourselves out a lot back then. <laughs> now it's gotten I. I have my one side, bitch. I can't remember the last time you were on another podcast. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was when uh, we did the horror for dummies uh, or dummies of horror, like uh, best franchises yeah. uh, thing. Like it was that long ago. It was crazy. Like that was in the fall. Yeah. Because that was before we came, became friends with Rob. Because I remember like hating Rob. Because he kept winning the belt. And I just assumed he was going to be a big asshole. And then, like, he kind of wasn't. He's actually, like, a really nice dude. And I kind of pretend he's this asshole, but he's not. He's actually, like, a really, really nice person. And Rob, Rob is great. He really is great. And so is Tim and Daniel. As much as we, like, well, I joke how we hate them. We don't, actually. They're actually some of, like, my favorite humans in this planet. But, like... Yeah, even that doesn't seem like that seems long ago, but not long ago. Right. You know, and now it's just like we literally do this. I have to remind you when we're going to record <laughs> and when it's due to happen. 
And we, I do Slumber Party Massacre once a month. And that's it. And we're not complaining, by the way. This is definitely not Scott and I complaining. Yeah, this, is, this was done by choice. <laughs> yeah, like we made a choice. And I, I don't regret it. And I, I was thinking when I was walking Mickey, I'm like, you know, eventually it will come time for Scott and I to hang up our podcasting hat with this podcast. Um, eventually it will hit its run. And also Scott and Mai's life will change. I think Scott's life is dramatically going to change by next year. And I think mine is because I have to go back to work. Right. <laughs> Finally, after three and a half years of being home, I will be returning to the office a couple days a week in fall of 2023. But fuck, that's pretty good. I left the office on March 13th, 2020. And I have been back on that campus in the past three years less than 15 times. Yeah, that's insane because you were there all the time. I was there every day, right? So it's it's come full circle. And eventually, you know, Scott and I even talked about our numbers this year. Like, I just hit 70 films today for 2023s. I think you're still at, what, 59? I was at I was at 56. Uh, I dropped down to 54 because I took two of them off because they were documentaries and oh, you could have left those. I mean, I I did I wanted to leave them, but at the same time, it just made it easier for when I go to make my top 10 just oh, like, right. documentaries in there. Got it. But got it yeah. Technically, yeah, I am at 56. Um, technically, I probably could be at like 59 by tomorrow because I have like three movies I'm halfway through that I just never right. went back to, but eh, don't really have the motivation to do it because. 2023 has just kicked me in the ass of mediocrity for the most part. Well, I, yeah, negative Nelly over here is going to go on on how he doesn't like anything. Fuck. And I don't like everything, Tim Davis. That's not (laughs) true. If anyone likes everything, it's Scott on Tubi. You know when Scott likes anything that drops on Tubi? (laughs) He's like, Tubi! Like that that button that they hit on, like, uh, what is it? What is that? America's Got Talent? Or I don't know. Oh, yeah. You're the best singer. I don't know, whatever stupid show it is now. But yeah, episode 80. So we will definitely, I think we will commit to make it to 100, but then I don't know where we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, I still see us continuing for quite some time when we continue this type of format because we're, you know, maybe end up being shorter episodes because we may just not have enough time to watch. We may have to bring Erica on if you guys ever move in together. Can you imagine? (laughs) Right? Erica, we decided you want to be a podcaster. Are you cool with that? She'd be like, what the fuck did I sign up for with YouTube? Yeah, I think she'd be fine. I don't know. Does she like talking? She likes talking. Whether Look, she you're, wants you're to... You're careful how you answer that, Scott. Well, I'll say like... like um... <laughs> I mean, she likes talking. Whether she likes talking and being recorded and having everybody else here, who knows? Yeah, that that's awkward. But then you just like Scott and I, if you don't care what other people think, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But yeah, that'd be funny. We could get her on sometime. I thought about that. I thought, you know, we really should have her as a guest at some point. You know, she's an important part of your life, and she's a horror fan. She likes watching horror movies. So, like, I'm sure she would have valuable things to offer and to say. Oh, I'm sure she would. I'll put that bug in her ear when she comes up here. There you go. Well, by the time time we come up there, she'll probably have heard this, too, so. Yeah, she'll know. She's like, I'm just going to make me be on the show. She'll be stressed out the whole track over No pressure, Erica. You don't have to be on the show if you don't want to. It's just, well, if you want to, (laughs) you can. (laughs) Especially if you guys ever live together one day. That'd be super convenient. Like Tim and his wife when they podcast together. Tim, that's super convenient. Right, and how she yells at him all the time about talking about Jaws. (laughs) She's the best. She'll be like, too far, because he's like, oh, pee-pee-poo-poo. 
<laughs> he gets so ridiculous, that guy. But he's, he's so like, hot. Oh, him and his brother and his sister, fuck, bite my fist. Honestly. Fucking some of the... I don't know. Australia's full of hot people. That's what I learned. All the good-looking people immigrated there. That's where they all went from England. England's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be prisoners. You got to go to Australia. And they're all super, like, smoking good-looking in Australia. Now the ugly people got sent to Canada. <laughs> I was going to say that. Eh. Like, they just got spread out through all, to, all of the North America. No, I think, no, man, there's, I'm sorry, the people from England that got sent to Australia. Like, have you seen Tim's family? Honestly, like, they're the opposite. Like, okay, you know how there's, like, the hills have eyes people and they're all ugly? Like, <laughs> Tim's family's all hot. It's like, <laughs> it's like if you were abandoned and there was, like, the hills have eyes only as, like, Tim's family, you would just be embarrassed because they're all so fucking good looking. And you'd just be like, oh, wow, I'm like, oh. And they'd be like, oh, yeah? And they'd be talking in their, like, Australian accent and shit. And you'd be, like, super uncomfortable. That would be the new horror movie. It's just Tim's hot family coming to find you. Even his wife is hot. Fucking, like, his sister's hot. His brother's hot. He's hot. What the fuck? Honestly. How's there yeah. that many good-looking people allowed to be? In? And can you imagine how good-looking his kids are going to be one day? Fuck my life. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Not fair. Why do I gotta live in Canada? <laughs> Tim, you hearing all these wonderful things that she's saying about you right now? It's a fuck. Okay, are you not gonna admit that first Jill is beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he's nodding. Um, beautiful woman. The two of them are a gorgeous couple. Oh yeah. And and like and then like I don't know. And then they got together and they fucking had babies. Like that's like two beautiful people coming together and reproducing. Meanwhile, if I had kids, they'd probably have big oversized heads and like senses films and I don't know the alcoholics by the time they're five (laughs) (laughs) honestly all the good looking people are in Australia I have a friend named David Scott who's from Australia and he's good looking too honestly what is it down under it's like all the hotties are there let Erica know maybe she can go there and find herself (laughs) man (laughs) just kidding Look, she is the hottest guy in Michigan. That's a, yeah. Oh, come on, Scott. For sure. All right. The hottest guy near Flint. I'll take it, but I'm still going to say. <laughs> well, you have the most beautiful woman in Michigan. I, that I do. He's like, oh, yeah, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, 100% I do. I fucking patient, lucked out. Patient and understanding. <laughs> Those two, yes. Right. She puts okay. up with my ass. My friend had her baby, little Edmund. Who uh, Scotty doesn't think is cute. So I hope Amber's I... listening to this right now because Scotty doesn't think Edmund's cute. Now, um, I said that all new, brand new, newborn babies, I don't find cute. But after like a few weeks old or whatever, they start filling out and start filling, you know, filling their bodies. And start eating. Looking like yeah, humans. start eating and looking like just, they look, they don't look like grumpy old men nearly as much. And I find them adorable. And, he looked like E.T. when he was first born. <laughs> Like when he was in his little incubator, I was like, "Eep, oh no!" Now, now he's getting nice and hefty. And Hope went home, and they had moments together. So Hope is now protecting. Hope is the dog, by the way. Is that I was taking care of for a couple of weeks before she went home to see Edmund, and they're all rocking it out, living their hashtag best life. So. That's great. Things are great. Things are great. Things are even better one day if I went and saw Hot Tim and all his fucking hot family members and. Just move to Australia and just bang everybody there because they're all fucking good looking. Yeah, one day Honestly. You will. Oh, yeah. No, I'm never moving to Australia. No, <laughs> Very clear. Yes, one day I will visit. 
Um, I probably will not bang all of Tim's family members, though. That's probably a... You need, you need to try. You never think never, Heather. I don't know. Um, you know, I guess, though, you know, you got to have dreams and you got to have goals that you work towards in your life, right? Exactly. Right. Um, so let's get into these 2023s while I make Scott uncomfortable when I talk about how good looking people in Australia is. All right. So the first movie we are going to talk about is a movie that I recommend to Scotty because I was like, and then a hero comes along with the strength for us to watch more 2023s because it's one of the best movies that have come out this year. And that is Kids versus Aliens. This bad boy is available on the study. And of course, I didn't take my list up. Do you happen to have your list up so we can tell everyone how long it is? I think it's like a 90-minute runtime. I think it's even shorter than that. I think it's like... Is it shorter? Is I it... think so. Let me, oh, 75-minute runtime. I found it. 75-minute runtime on the shuttie. All Gary wants to do is make an awesome horror movie with his best buds. All his older sister Sam wants to do is hang out with the cool kids. But when the parents, which, by the way, are like the shittiest parents in the entire planet. Oh, absolutely. Hang out, head out of town one Halloween weekend, an all-time rager of a teen's house party turns into terror. When aliens attack, forcing the siblings to band together to survive the night. Um, Tim Davis gave this three and a half stars. Mm. And Scott gave this four and a half. Yay. And I think this movie was fucking men. I'm super glad Shutter picked up this bad boy. What do you think, Scotty? Oh yeah, this movie was a lot of fucking fun. It uh, it's based off of the short story at the end of VHS two, uh, when the aliens attack the like slumber party that's going on, and just turned into a feature length film done by the guy that did uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. And man, this movie just hit me in all the right spots. Like I was loving this. It was uh, it was gory it was funny it had some really cool effects gave you that like 80s 90s nostalgia vibe without overdoing it and it was just pretty much quick like just really well to the fucking point yes thank you movie for not dragging your shit out for two hours you can be some kind of artistic piece of shit thank you for getting to the point in an hour and 15 minutes in and out with me wanting more you left me going Yes, I'd like a second date. Right? Like, the more I think about this movie, because I started off with, like, an 8.5 out of 10, and the more I've thought about it, it's gone up to a 9. Like yeah, it probably, has. And it'll probably go up a little higher as, like, time goes on, because I really did dig this movie. I want to rewatch it. Um, I want to watch it on the big screen, because I watched it on my phone. Um, the only thing that my, my, my little minor gripe was... <sighs> I wanted more, um, I wanted more gore, basically, like, because there was, like, some really cool shots, but it just wasn't a lot. It was, like, the last, like, 20 minutes or so, really, and I just wish there was a little more. I mean, and it's not like it's ruined the movie for me. It was just that the movie definitely left you wanting more of everything. I didn't want any more. I was very happy with it. I'm sorry that you are not happy with things. Hey, I gave it a high score. This is a great movie. Like, I just, like I said. Why it's not a 10 is because of that. No, the only 10 I see is my reflection. <laughs> Ooh, yeah! <laughs> Smoking. 
I wish. I don't, I'm not from fucking Australia. Anyway, this is available on... Oh, wait. Do you recommend renting it if you don't have it for some reason? On If you don't yeah. have Shudder? Like, if you have Shudder, you got to watch it. But if you don't, rent it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and any rental price? Yes, 100%. Yes. This mm-hmm. is definitely a must-see for the year. Mm-hmm. This is a double down. You definitely would be taking this shit out on a date. It is available on the iTunes, Google, Amazon Video, YouTube, and Shudder for all those people that pay for the subscription. Watch this movie. It makes it worthwhile, all the money that you're putting into the Shuddy, which isn't actually that expensive at the end of the day. It's actually one of the cheaper streaming services. Have you watched this next one? I have not. All right. We are going to talk about a Netflix Spanish film called Phenomena. Did I say that right? Phenomena. 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 This is a true story. And it takes, it's a 96 minute runtime, and it takes place in Madrid, Spain in 1998. There are many resources and skills of Gloria, Paz, and Seguito. Three middle aged women investigating paranormal events are put to the test when their leader father, Piello, I probably said that wrong, but it's fine. Has an unpleasant encounter. This is a fucking paranormal investigator movie done fucking right. Oh, uh, okay. This is one that I'm halfway through. Did you like it so far? It was fine. Of course it was fucking fine. (laughs) At least tell me you find the characters interesting. Yes. Thank fuck. It really picks up in the third act. For fuck's sakes, can you like a movie this year? Honestly. (laughs) I didn't know I was podcasting with Rob Humphreys now. So I like this film. Negative Nelly over here is just halfway <laughs> through it for some reason. I thought these three ladies were fabulous. I thought the story was entertaining. I thought, again, it's international horror on Netflix done right. And I like how it's based on loosely based on a true story. And the three people in it don't necessarily jump into believing paranormal stuff. They actually look to debunk it first before they believe. And right. then shit gets real. So if you have Netflix, this is definitely worth a watch. It's Phenomenon. You can find it on any of the Netflix. And unless you're Scott, who doesn't like life, you'll probably enjoy it. So give it a watch. That may be one I'll finish tomorrow then. Good. Negative Nelly. <laughs> All right. So the next one uh, I watched because I seen uh, Jason Lloyd had talked about this one. And he thought it was pretty dang good. And I... Uh, think he may even have it in his top 10. So I was like, okay. I seen that it was on Tubi. So I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And it's called The Harbinger. Uh, Monique leaves her family quarantine to help a friend who's suffering from terrible nightmares. But she learns too late that the bad dreams are contagious, along with the demon behind them. So this is definitely a film like that's, you know, covering like, you know, events that's happening during lockdown of COVID. Um, like to the point where, you know, they're ordering groceries and having to go do the grocery pickup and wiping down everything when they get home and wearing masks everywhere and stuff like that. I think it was basically kind of like supposed to take the height of the pandemic. And it's where most pandemic films base the entire story around it and we were getting kind of burnt out about this. This just kind of uses it as a backdrop. For okay. what, so I find I found that the way they did this was very well done. Uh felt, you know, real in that aspect. And yeah, I found the acting to be good in this. Uh I'm not as high up uh, as Jason Lloyd is. Like I did enjoy this. Um, what a surprise. <laughs> but I thought it was pre- pretty entertaining. Like uh gave me definitely uh just from that synopsis you can kind of say like give 
Nightmare on Elm Street vibes a little bit with the way the demon acts like being that. Is it a boy? It's a boy. (laughs) But yeah, the demon like wears like a plague doctor mask and stuff like that. And but yeah, it's a very interesting story. I I definitely recommend everybody check this out. It's free on Tubi. It's uh, one that I'm glad I watched. Whether it is 2023 or not, it's kind of hard to tell because I've heard that it was kind of released at the tail end of 2022. But I'm counting it as 2023 because I've seen a couple other people have counted it as 2023. And we need numbers, so shut the fuck up, Rob Humphreys. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, especially if you have Tubi, check this out. If you want to rent it, I'd say $1.99, $2.99 rental. About much we should pay for Scott for the night. So Exactly. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll watch it, and I'll probably like it, because I'm not a fucking Debbie Downer that's on this podcast. Yeah, I like, like well, anymore. You, you you, and I have switched roles. You are, like, in love with everything, and I'm sitting over here. I like, am hey, not in love hey. with everything. That is not Un- true. Unseen is your number one. You got another number one here on the list. Uh you know what? This was a good movie. You're wrong about this last movie on this list. You're just burnt out and, I don't know, in love and shit. No, I can't even blame Erica for this. I don't know why you don't like movies anymore. I think the years of watching it has got to you. I think, no, I, I, think I think 2020. I think 2023 is gaslighting you and you're like... <laughs> That's funny, Scott. <laughs> The movies are saying, like, everyone's telling, like, uh, they're like, hey, this movie's, you're like, hey, 2023, this movie's good. And you're like, yay, I believe you. <laughs> Mark Nato, the Mark Nato, had Unseen in his top 28, so you can suck my dick. Because Mark Nato agrees with me that that was an entertaining film. Yeah, Mark, but Mark, I think also Mark Nato is being gaslit, because he's already watched 100 <laughs> movies, and... <laughs> he's also being gaslit <laughs> a drinking game Friday Nightmares this episode how many times <laughs> take a shot every time you're gaslit <laughs> <laughs> oh. let's play it with your friends how many times do you hear gaslit you must take a shot of whatever it is that you pour yourself alright the movie I'm going to talk about is Cyber Hell also known as Scott and I's chat this afternoon that we had talking about another movie exposing an internet horror oh man also very much clear this is on the netflix it is a horror documentary i decided to include it it's a 105 minute runtime and i'll be honest it was pretty fucking disturbing so i'm gonna give a real warning here this talks about sex crimes against children Mm, oh so it's intense um yeah Anonymous and um, anonymous network of online chat rooms ramp up with sex crimes. The hunt to take down this operation requires guts and yeah, guts, yeah, yeah, guts. It, it honestly, the people that look to take down this chat room deserve fucking medals because their lives were threatened. Their it it was fucking nuts. This occurred over in Japan. I believe, and it was, oh, sorry, sorry, China, and it was fucked up, like, fucked. So if you want some real-life horror, this is a very, very good documentary, but I'm going to warn you now, really, really dark content. If that you're okay with that, it's available on the Netflix. It has a 3.5 letter rating on Letterboxd, which generally means it's probably pretty good, but it is a hard watch, so watch with caution. Good to know. I think you saw this one, right? No, this is the one that you told me I need to watch. I was, I was gonna watch it today, but then you know, work shit happened. And I couldn't watch a damn thing. 
Oh, I guess I'll keep going then. As always, carrying the podcast. Hey, so <laughs> I was carrying the podcast for a little bit there, so don't even give when, me that shit. When did you carry the podcast? At the beginning point? of this year. At the beginning of this year, you're like, there's no 2023s. I'm like, I watched five. They're all pieces of shit, but I watched them. They're all on Tubi. <laughs> oh, you mean, is that when I was in Europe? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Scott, you know I went to the to Scotland earlier this year. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, anyway, that's it. I'm quitting. <laughs> well, and they made it to episode eighty. Not even the whole way through. Nope. I'm just gonna release what we recorded. And that's it. Bye. But what about the other twenty twenty threes? We nope, have a job it. to do, Scott. This is bigger than you and me. <laughs> this is for the betterment of the horror community. This is true. We got to let everybody know where, what to watch and what to avoid. Scott's like, don't watch everything, anything. Everything sucks up for YouTube channels that I like. <laughs> <laughs> so the offering. This is a 93-minute runtime. No soul is safe. In the wake of a young Jewish girl's disappearance, the son of a funeral director returns home with his pregnant wife in hopes of reconciling with his father. Little do they know that directly beneath them in the family morgue, an ancient evil with sinister plans for the unborn child lurks inside a mysterious corpse. So I really liked this movie. Uh, Brandon Orlick from Exploding Heads, who happens to be Jewish or formerly from Exploding Heads. I don't know. He's still there once in a while. Uh, he really enjoyed this movie as well. And I, you know, because it does have to do with the Jewish faith, I trust his opinions on, you know, films that represent the Jewish religion and faith. Right. I, I found this quite good. I really, really did. I found the last five minutes kind of took me out of it. But up to that point, I was loving every single minute of it. So this is in me possession for me a possession story done right. Uh, this is one of the better ones that have come out this year. So I do strongly recommend it. I do think it's a must watch for people. It is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google, and YouTube, and I would say it's worth, worth whatever VOD cost you want to pay for it. If you like exorcism films done well, um, particularly really, really good acting and good character and story development, I would say this film is for you. So check it out. And that is The Offering. Yeah, this is one that I am like looking forward to because I remember you like talking highly about it and then Brandon talking highly about it too. So I was like, yeah, this if both of you are saying it's good, I know like for a fact I got to check You're it like, out. If Brandon says it's good, then I know it's well, good. I've learned that you have been broken and gaslit this year, so I'm just trying to... <laughs> gaslit. Take another shot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I def I, this is one I need to get to soon. Yeah, it's your turn. Next oh, one. Shit, I haven't seen this one. one. Oh, well, no, that's not true. I have seen this one, but I only watched it because you told me to. Right. Nope, I, I didn't realize this was the next one on the list. Okay. That's okay. So the next one was another shock faint Tubi watch. Maybe that's why you don't like 2023s. It's because all you do is watch Tubi movies. Oh, and you're desperate for something. Uh, Erica probably has the same feeling. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, ah, continue. Wow. <laughs> Which is why she's coming to see me because she's desperate. Nice turnaround there. Nice save. Oh, nice save. No one's desperate for you, Scotty. They're <laughs> burning for you. Mm. Burning desires. <laughs> all right. So this next film is. uh called Freeze in 1905 on a rescue mission to the North Pole to retrieve an old friend and his lost expedition crew. Captain Mortimer gets more than he bargained for when his ship is frozen into the ice sheet and set upon by bloodthirsty fish creatures. 
Mortimer and his surviving crew flee the ship, beginning a treacherous journey to find safety in a frozen, desolate wilderness. Suffering from starvation, frostbite, and a slow madness, they find shelter inside a snowy mountain, but are they as safe as they think? Or have they entered the heart of the creature's lair? Uh, so this one I is one where I'll talk about, like, you know, we've talked about this on one of our Out of the Dark segments where, you know, I, I don't always go by poster art. Because sometimes I find things that are pretty entertaining, even though the poster looks very generic or blah. This one I kept skipping over because I was like, oh, this just looks very generic sci-fi channel-ish probably going to be with some really silly cgi effects and stuff like that wow was i wrong like yeah there are a little bit of cgi effects but not much the fish creatures in this are all practical they look really cool and it's kind of a period piece so that was kind of like another selling point for me and it's got almost a lovecraft feel with the whole uh what is the name of um I don't know, Lovecraft. You know that. You're on your own here. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. It starts with a D. Uh... When did it come out? Oh, it uh, reminds me of uh, Dagon. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. And it's, uh, but yeah, I found this, the acting, pretty decent. There's some questionable points here mm-hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. And there's some weird choices by the director with some minimal scenes where I'm just like, um, why would you think that's a wise idea? But other than that, it was entertaining. The creature effects were cool. I thought it was a good story. It's just, yeah, it's you can tell it's low budget. And but I think they put their money where it counts. And I, yeah, I found it to be more entertaining than I expected it to be. Like this, I would recommend uh, people that are looking for something especially free to watch on Tubi right now. This is definitely one I'd say check this out. I kind of find this like a to be a hidden gem where I was just pleasantly surprised. It's not like amazing, but it's good. I did not find it that good, Scott. Shock faint. But that's more because it was a historical piece and it wasn't really my jam. I think that for some people, this is a free watch on Tubi. Some people are really going to enjoy this more than others. If you like what Scott had to say, I can be the more objective, kind podcaster in this situation and understand that there's good 2023s out there on Tubi and all around. So if if what Scotty is saying sounds like it fits for you, it is free on Tubi. So, you know, you just have to watch some commercials. If for some reason commercials make you real angry, you can rent it on iTunes, Google, YouTube, or Microsoft Store. But if it's on Tubi for free, why would you not watch it on Tubi for free? It's, right. And you know. if you're wanting to rent it, I'd say $1.99, $2.99 at the most. Which you're not going to find for this movie. It's going to be like $5.99 to just watch it on Tubi. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now on to the big boys. Na, 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 na. Yeah, you got one, two, three, four movies to talk about before I even talk about one. I know because you see, here's the thing, Scott. I'm I'm not willing to give up on 2023s. I am I'm a giver, and I know that sometimes you just have to hold on. See, you're you're believing 2023s <laughs> gaslighting again. You get you're you're literally you're literally getting rickrolled here. You're like, I'm never going to give you up. never going to let you down. It's like, never going to run around and desert you. It's like me pointing to the calendar that says 2023, singing the song. I'm watching, like, war movies. See, 2023 anyway. has rickrolled you. It's it it screwed has. you over. Yes. Broke so your we'll, brain. Can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love it. Oh, man. Hey, what podcast are we? What hangover sandwiches do you like to eat? Question of the week. 
Anyway. Tim's like, oh, fuck. I remember off how hot I was at the beginning, and now she's making fun of my podcast. I don't know how to feel. He's, like, caught between a boner and, like, a soft dick. He just doesn't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to... Jesus Christ. I know. Back to this really good movie that I actually spoke to my friend in Britain about. Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> anyway, I'll talk about it while Scott's gone. Scott wouldn't understand it anyway. It is British. (laughs) And you kind of would have to be there to get it, you know? Um, Fuck me. All joking aside, Scott, I do think you would like this movie because it's a complete... They acknowledge the American werewolf in London being filmed there. And they kind of use it as a backdrop to some of the story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So this movie is called Wolf Manor. It is an 80-minute runtime. And it is very, very British. So they're shooting a vampire flick in an old abandoned manor house, which should work like a dream. But the film crew is out of their depths, overscheduled and desperate to get the shoot finished and go home. However, the moon turns full and the nightmare begins. Blood flows and the body count rises and the crew members start to disappear. Holy fuck, this is a good werewolf movie. I fucking loved this film. The nods that they do to old school horror stars particularly one that they kind of make fun of that's cast in the lead role of this filming that they're doing the fucking werewolf that they have the design that they have of it is very much traditional like back in the old day werewolf that you would see practical effects yes nice yes all practical they keep their creature in the dark till closer to the end of the film but then you get full full frontal Oh, fuck yeah. Honestly, Scotty, this movie is funny. This movie is paced well. The acting is great. This movie is a sleeper hit. It is not available for rent here yet. I hope Shutter picks this bad boy up. Tim Davis will not like it because it's probably going to move too slow for him and he's going to find it boring. But for everybody else, I think that they'll enjoy it. It's a, I really, really enjoyed it. I can't wait to show my... And I'm not saying this to be a shithead. My I friends know. in Britain, when I go back there... Um, I look forward to showing them because I'm like, dude, you got to watch this fucking movie. It's so British. It hurts. Um, nothing but praise for this one. As soon as it becomes available, check it out. It is called Wolf Manor. And it's only 80 minutes long, which is ideal. Yep, I was like, because I this is one I wanted to watch, but you had also told me it is very dark, so it do is. not watch it at home. Yeah, on watch your it on your watch it on the TV. So yeah, last night was wrestling, so I didn't get a chance to watch a movie. So I will be trying to watch that maybe t- maybe tonight. Yeah, maybe this weekend, right? Yeah. Honestly, Scotty, it is an easy watch at eighty minutes. Like it's not like you're going to be spending hours watching it. It's an hour and twenty minutes long. Right. Exactly. Um, next one is a short film. About pregnancy on Netflix. It is a 20-minute runtime. It is called Withering. After losing her baby and nearly her life during labor, a journalist unravels and disturbing visions and chilling attacks as she grieves alone at home. Despite the topic being a little overplayed, this film is incredibly well done for 20 minutes. Oh, nice. It is um, what a short should be. And I'm glad Netflix has picked it up because I think for people who don't bother to sit through shorts or don't go to film festivals or don't watch anthologies, this will definitely be picked up in an anthology at some point. I'm sure someone will buy the rights to it and throw it into an anthology. Um, And I do hope the writer and who is a woman will continue to make more stuff. 
Um, it's a 20 minute film. If you're burned out on the pregnancy thing, I don't recommend watching it. But if you want to see how a good short film is made, this is a film for you, and it is available on the Netflix, and it's called Withering. Wow, and a short film on Netflix. Yeah, 20 minutes long on Netflix. Wow, all right. Right? Um, this movie was the opposite of a good British movie. <laughs> this movie probably should have been a play in, you know, the London's West End somewhere, and it probably would have been a much better movie, like play than it was a movie. It's called The Ripper's Revenge. He hunts again. This is an 85-minute runtime. One year on from Notorious Ripper Murders, London is terrorized once again by a series of brutal killings. Now, I'm going to bring this up, and I'm not trying to be fucking like a shithead. But when I did my tour of London, we went by the street where Jack the Ripper was thought to do all his killings. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, so, like, this was based in that area, right? Okay. So that was kind of cool. So when a gruesome letter from the Ripper begins to land on this news reporter's desk... He finds himself drawn into the deadly mystery. This There's some Ripper movies out there that are really well done. I think we all saw the one with Johnny Depp years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of called The Ripper or something like that. From, I think it was From Hell. From Hell. Yeah, way better than this piece of shit. I don't know who created this film or why. It's really not that great. This should have just been a play. I don't know why it wasn't a play. If it is a play in London, please just keep playing a play. It was boring. It was long to get through. It was very, very light on the whore, if any, predictable, not worth your time, a chore to get through. 85 minutes felt like five hours. I don't recommend renting it. For some reason, if you really want to, it is available on iTunes, Google, Microsoft Store, YouTube, or Voodoo. Sorry, Hoopla. There's other better movies out there. I say skip this bad boy. Good to know. Yeah, because I remember you messaged me about this one, and you're like, no. No. No, no, not when you got something like Wolf Manor, where, like, British, but fucking, like, clever and good dialogue and good practical effects at the end with the wolf, and, oh, shit, I gave that away. Oh, well. But, no, Scott, I gave a spoiler. Actually, it's not out anyway. No one can watch it besides us because we have a screener. Everyone will forget by the time it comes out. It's true. I'll say now, I'll do my best to remember to edit that out. Yeah, try to. But anyway, practical effects of... Well, I did say about the creature being revealed in the third act. So I guess that kind of does... It is called Wolf Manor. Yeah, I mean, and I already asked you if the werewolf looked... Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's fine. Everyone's not out anyway. Watch it. You know it's a werewolf movie. It says so in the fucking synopsis. Anyway, on to Frost. So Frost... Frost is a 2022 as well, 2023 as well, and it is an 81-minute runtime. We also got a screener from this from our good friend Mark Nato. When hell freezes over, a young woman and her estranged father have to fight to survive after being stranded on the remote mountainside during a winter storm. And guess what? She's pregnant. Oy, fuck's sake. So, you know, this movie, there was a movie that came out years ago about the couple that gets stranded in the car. And she ends up having the baby in the car. It was like, oh, yeah, what is it called? Senadide or something like that. I forget what that was called because that was like 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, 2020. Very similar. I'm caught on this one because the third act gets pretty fucking dark. Like to the point where I was like, oh, oh, right? Like there is some interesting things that happen, but I found this movie a real Debbie Downer. So be prepared that it's a little emotional. Um, The acting is come see, come saw. The special effects are pretty good because it's all practical. 
the story doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense and some of the lines don't make sense but that third act is like wonky it's like i kind of want you to watch it to just be like oh my oh my but it is a it is a debbie downer so okay. just be prepared for not the happiest ending in the world um it is an hour and 21 minutes in length so if you want to check it out you can it is available on amazon itunes google youtube microsoft store this it's a survival film if you're really into survival films i say it's worth whatever rental price but unless you're really into it it's probably not the best thing for you to be watching i want scott to watch it so we have access to a screener so i want his opinion on it um if it was for free somewhere and you really like survival films i would say yeah go for it but know that it's low budget and it's like a ripoff of like you know frozen and any other stranded like what was that one with the ghost kid like the couple that crashes their car and was that all... frostbite or something like yeah, that? yeah windchill. windchill windchill yeah yeah like it's a mixture of all that shit right so if you if you like those stuff then you might enjoy this one um and that's available for rent right now and I'll let you talk about the, the last two because you've actually seen these two. Yeah, so you, uh, have you watched this one? I have. I watched it today. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, the, the one that I ended up watching uh, is called Family Dinner. I want to say it's German, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I think you're right. I think it was German. I was like, yeah. when, I know they said nine when someone yeah. said no. So I, that's why I kind of said, I'm like, unless there's other languages that say that, but I don't think there are. Um, but the synopsis is, overweight and insecure Simmy spends Easter weekend with her famous nutritionist aunt. The hope is that I'll help it. The hope is that it'll help her get on a healthier track. But as the aunt's family, icy dynamics and an increasingly malevolent atmosphere leave Simmy feeling uneasy. Weight isn't the only thing she's about to lose. I found this to be really well acted, mm-hmm. well shot. Like nothing truly horror really happens for a while just but atmosphere yeah it's like but yeah there's just like this you know something's wrong and you just feel it throughout the whole movie and i think the chemistry between all the actors is amazing um i did know where this was going like by mm. the time the third act hit i called oh, did it you? Right. yeah oh wow yeah Good i 100 called it because i just kind of seen i was kind of just looking at it going okay i think this is what's gonna happen and yep sure enough that is what it was um but it didn't take away from this film i thought it was really well done had a very good tense atmosphere to it and yeah i ended up watching it yesterday and then told you and brandon about it and i was hoping one of you guys would watch it soon so i'm kind of curious to hear what your thoughts are i enjoyed it quite a bit you would have known this was a movie that would affect me um we've seen a lot of movies revolve around food the banquet yep um fresh was about food um but, uh, there's some other stuff that's been about food as well the swallow menu. menu swallow but tax and the pregnant chick that just ate everything when pregnant stuff was still kind of cool to do and not over completely done at all time right. every fucking film um i felt like this used the family dynamics very well i thought the main young lady in this was quite good yeah i thought it's an actress um i thought everyone did a great job very believable and they're dark yeah. european films tend to be very dark German um the one that took place on Netflix with the couples that met on vacation I can't remember the name of that one uh with the kids and they invite them out to the house and it gets uh, more and more uncomfortable uh speak no evil speak no evil um you know this to me if you like speak no evil I think you'll like this film 
because to me this pacing is similar nothing overly horror happens but there's a creepy atmosphere enough and then you have you know things ramp up of course but it's a very very well made well done film i, I think this is a must watch this year yes 100 percent. like it's yeah. a very dark film like you were saying and once again another uh setting about not necessarily a dinner party but like a revolving around dinner mm -hmm. stuff like that we've got a lot of those movies happening lately and like over the last 10 years and i am happy to see and they end up usually being the protagonist we've seen a couple of roles where larger young ladies who are have a higher bmi have been put in a role a starring role and you see them a lot and they're not painted as someone that is like they're painted as insecure. Like I'm thinking of Piggy. Yeah. Right. But she was also quite intelligent. Right. Like yeah. she also was trying to survive the situation she was in. And I think this young woman is too. Exactly. Right. So I, I do like that we're seeing protagonists of all shapes and sizes. I do appreciate that in a film. Um, which is probably another reason why I liked Unseen because the protagonist in that one of them was, a larger young lady. Um, and I thought that it's nice to see that because let's be real here. Um, when we see young women in film, especially if we look back to the 2000s, we know who we saw. Same with yeah. that. And anyone else was the, the joke, the throwaway character, the easy. We don't usually see them in a heroic, strong role. Right. So I was happy to see that in a couple of films so far this year. Um, probably another reason why I liked Unseen so much is because it was nice to see somebody who didn't look like they came off the cover of a Seventeen magazine. Uh, no, though Seventeen is a lot more open-minded now and a lot more accepting and diverse and realizes that like only 1% of the population looks like what they, you know, portray on their magazine covers. Um, right. I do like seeing that. I do like seeing the diversity. So I thought this was a good movie for multiple reasons, but that also really stood out to me. I'm like, good, finally. Like we're seeing people that come from different shape sizes in, you know, a positive light. I like seeing that personally. Same. Yeah. I'll say it's uh, like, it's, like you were saying, it's good to see them as like the protagonist, the main character that this movie, vol movie vol revolves around. And making decisions that are smart. Like, yes, they're bullied and shit happens, but making decisions that you're like, or making some real ethical ones. Like I think about Piggy and some of the choice she made and I'm like, fuck man, I don't know if I would make the choices she made. Right. Like I, you know what I mean? Like it really showed her character towards the end of that film. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. I, I didn't look at where you could rent it. Is it? I, I got it up right now. It's uh, okay. available to rent on Hoopla or it's available to stream on Hoopla, buyer rent on iTunes, Vudu, Amazon video, and YouTube. Any price they're asking to rent this, I recommend because it's just really good movie. Like, uh, I think I gave this, let's see, I think I gave it four stars. Yep, I gave it four out of five. So it's around an eight out of ten right now for me. And this may be another one that kind of creeps up as I sit with it longer. Because I could see this being in my top ten. Nice, nice. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. It was really, really good. And then... Uh, we, we won't get into too much of this next one, because... Yeah, we'll just do our brief thoughts because we are going to, the next movie we're going to talk about, we are going to be doing a full-on spoiler-filled review on in our Out of the Dark. But um, the next movie is The Sophomore Effort by Spider-One, which is Rob Zombie's younger brother. And it is called Bury the Bride. Right now, it is available on Tubi. Uh, the synopsis is, Bride-to-be June 
A bachelorette getaway turns deadly when her bloodthirsty fiancé and his friends show up to crash the party. Uh, this stars Scout Taylor Compton. A um, few other people I recognize, but I don't know from what. Um, but Allegoria. I, well, no, like the actors. Like, yeah, Allegoria. Oh, oh okay. That's okay, what so I'm, he's yeah. doing like a bit of the Rob Zombie thing yeah. he's, and some of his people yeah. he's with before, which is cool. Um, I don't mind that when it's not overdone. Um, but for me, I found this movie to be, eh, it was fine. Um, like, it, I felt it started off strong. Like, okay, I'm like, I want to see where this goes. And then it kind of fell apart for me, mainly because the dialogue just really bothered me. They use, it, it reminded me a lot of Rob Zombie's type dialogue, just not as bad. Um and I just really didn't care for any of the characters in this film. So, like, I just had no attachment to anyone, good or bad. A lot of silly character decisions were made and choices were made where I'm just sitting here going, what the fuck, really? Um, but saying that, I do find that, you know, Spider-1 does have talent. And I want to see him continue because, like Allegoria, I was fine with that film as well. I think I liked Allegoria a little more than this one. But all in all, they're both fine films. And he's not, not done anything terrible yet. And I wanted to see like him improve and get better. I know Heather has a completely different opinion than me on this one. Yeah, Scott's wrong. This is, movie was fucking great. I don't know what Scott's talking about. This dialogue, anyway, we'll get into it, but this dialogue was nowhere near Rob Zombie's extreme dialogue. Nowhere near it. It, it. it had swearing in times where it makes sense that you would have swearing. The reactions that characters gave at certain points made sense. Scott has now decided that every horror movie means people have to make smart decisions, which I don't understand why he likes the franchise that he likes. Friday the 13th is built upon people making stupid fucking decisions. All of them. All of them. Anyway. Scott has decided now that if people don't make a decision he likes in a horror movie, he can't like it. It started with No Falls, and it started with our fight there, and now it's continuing on to Bury the Bride. And, I, think and Spider, I think Spider 1 is in contention with me for one of the best directors, new directors of this year. That's how much I like this film. I think, yeah, sure, the dialogue's a little rough, but so is the first Halloween that Rob Zombie did. And I like the dialogue in that too, because I think it was- Oh, great. I hated the dialogue. Oh, but that that dialogue is how teenage chicks talk to each other, man. Like that is, I have talked to my girlfriends like that. Like when I was a teenager, hands down. So it was real. It was more authentic than other dialogue I've heard. So, and I'm not a huge Rob Zombie fan by any stance of the imagination. Um, but I really liked this effort from Spider-1 and we'll get into it in spoilers, why I liked it much more than Scott did. Um, so much so that it might be my top 10. I enjoyed it so much. Cranky yeah. Pants over here is the middle of the road in his 56 films. Yeah, I said, I when I when we were talking about that, I was like, yeah, it's nowhere near my top 10. It's not in my bottom 10, but it's just kind of in the middle, kind of slowly going towards the bottom. I don't know how this could go towards the bottom. Like, and I, I don't buy that you called what was going to happen that happens in this film. Because the reveal that happens was fucking clever, man. Like I didn't Oh, find... get the fuck out of here, Scotty! <laughs> really just... We, we will get into it. We will we'll get, get into, into it. spoilers, because if you're going to tell me that wasn't clever, you are liar, liar, pants on fire. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Mm. It's going to be end of Friday Nightmares. <laughs> I have her finally turning heel. I'm going gonna to turn around and hit Scott with the chair. She's finally been gaslit so much by 2023. Right? And then Tim comes out and we like unite together. <laughs> they like hate on Scott. <laughs> gaslit. 
No, take another shot, everybody. <laughs> All right. So we will get into our spoiler review of Spider One's Bury the Bride because we were going to actually talk about something else, but we got so heated in our debate today that we decided, well, I decided to say, hey, why don't we just talk about this? <laughs> right. It's fresh in both of our brains, so it works. Right. So for older watches, I've been trying to watch more movies from the uh, the sixties. I did watch um, Witchfinder General, which I got nothing great to say about. It was okay. I respect uh, the movie for what it did at the time. Woman, I respect it, but it I did not like it as much as I liked this film. How dare you insult? I know. A movie that has um, its price. My friend my from Lord and England Savior. was not impressed with me either. When I was talking to him, he had his his arms folded. He was not happy. Lord and Savior Vincent Price. Yeah, but even he couldn't save that Vincent movie. Vincent Price. Vincent yeah, I'm not criticizing Vincent him. It Price. was the directing and the writing. The overacting of the women in that film was ridiculous. Uh, uh, oh, no. Uh, like, it was just, it was like, but I will say that for when that came out, it was very shocking and extreme. So props to the director and the writer, because that took balls at that time to release something like that, because it was fairly intense. Vincent Price is fine, is it? He's not the problem. Fine? He's fine in everything. Fine? You do not <laughs> Look, tell me I don't that the Lord <laughs> and Savior, Vincent Price. Oh, my God. Just There's, let me tell you right now, there's other movies that he was better in. How dare You're going to tell me that was his best performance? No, I'm just going to say, how dare you say he was just fine? Well, you can only work with what you're given. He did amazing in everything. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Scott's very serious right now. I almost got to go buy him one of those shitty wigs from Witchfinder General and get them to put it on his head. I will wear it proudly, but I will not be as handsome and attractive as that man is. He drove to the border with that wig on. They're like, sir, what's on your head? You're like, have you not seen Witchfinder General with our Lord and Savior, Vincent Price? They're like, secondary. (laughs) They're like, all right, you're you're allowed to come back and forth through this border all the time because, yes, we we understand you and we appreciate that... That our Lord and Savior is Vincent Price, and he does no wrong. Anyway, City of the Dead 1960 is a (laughs) 78-minute runtime. A young college student arrives in the sleepy Massachusetts town to research witchcraft. During her stay in Erie Inn, she discovers a startling secret about the town and its inhabitants. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really, really well done. I loved how the the main lead was an intelligent, college-educated woman. Who That's is, not a real thing back in the 60s. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's times where video communicates all that needs to be communicated. <laughs> anyway, Scott, will you calm down? Like, get rid of your Vincent Price boner, all right? I didn't say... No, I'm, I'm whacking it right now, and you better leave me be. I need my quiet time now. Honestly. Does Erica like Vincent Price? I believe she does. Oh, man, you better fucking find out. This could be make or break. <laughs> She'll be like, oh, baby, what do you think of uh, Witchfinder General? Oh, I agree with Heather. It's okay. Get the fuck out of my house. She's <laughs> oh. like, what? Anyway, um, back to City of the Dead. I thought this was a really good film. It's filmed in black and white. I thought the characters in it all made sense. I love the way the plot moved. I thought her coming to the sleepy town and being sent there by Christopher Lee, her professor, to kind of find out more about witchcraft. And then you find out how he ties into it later. I thought this was an excellent film. Well acted. Mind delivery was on point. Mwah, chef's kiss. 
Um, if there's more 1960 movies like this, I will be watching them. And that is City of the Dead. And it's available on the Shetty. Nice. Yeah, I, I'll have to check this one out because yeah, I never even heard of this one. I was When you said City of the Dead, I was thinking City of the Living Dead from the 80s, Lucio Falci at first. I'm going, and then you're like, no, not that one. I'm like, oh. You're like, oh, right, right. But uh, I'm going to bring one to uh, the table that once again was from 2B Tuesday with Erica. And she was joking, saying, I can't believe you. You, a horror movie podcaster, has never seen. Well, you're seen... not a real podcaster, so. That's exactly. Fine. But she's like, I can't believe you have never seen this. You are going to lose your horror cred with me. And it is uh, a movie that she really enjoyed. Um, but it is. It was on Tubi, and it was actually going to be leaving in a couple of days from there, so we decided to watch it. And it was Leviathan from 1989. Uh, the synopsis is underwater deep-sea miners encounter a Soviet wreck and bring back a dangerous cargo to their base on the ocean floor with horrifying results. The crew of the mining base must fight to survive against a genetic mutation that hunts them down one by one. This has a freaking stacked cast. Got Peter Weller, uh, Richard Crenna, uh, let's see, Daniel Stern, Ernie Hudson, and Meg Foster, just to name like some of the characters in this movie. I found this movie to be freaking great. This was isolation horror, deep under the under the ocean, so very claustrophobic. Um, I, it gave me the thing vibes from 1982 like a lot where it was just a lot of paranoia that's this creature that's you know able to change like people's mute uh dna and genetic genetic lineage to like transform into something more adaptable the effects are done by uh fuck, what's uh the name of the i don't know if the effects artist is on here like i'm drawing a blank right now and it's like a really well-known special effects guy where fuck i can't find it all right all right so, Oh, well. Oh, no. Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah. Very, very well-known special effects artist that I am just drawing a blank on right now. But uh, especially from the 80s. Oh, I think it was Stan Winston, I think. Yeah, let's go with that. Stan but um, I found this movie to be just great. It ticked all the boxes for me. A good monster movie. Lots of isolation and paranoia. Great acting from all the cast. Meg Foster and her creepy, unnaturally bright blue eyes that always just gives me like the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> it just creeps me out every time. Like I, I always feel like, feel like those are contacts, but that's her real eyes, and it always creeps me out. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend this movie if you've not seen it. It's only going to be on Tubi for a couple more days, but I like I'm sure most horror fans have watched this, like especially ones that listen to our show. But if you haven't, definitely seek out Leviathan 1989. Booyah. So what's new? Scott, why don't you Oh, not much, you know. Why don't you talk about your YouTube channel? Hey guys, I got a YouTube channel. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the one that you're watching because you don't like movies, so this is all you do now with your time. Oh, uh, I've... God damn it. <laughs> I got nice things. I watch YouTube. Neebs Gaming is better than most things, all right? But anyway, yeah, honestly, that's not you what are in a full-time here. relationship with Needs Gaming. I think I you guys do. are like... It's like me with my, like, roller coaster horror show, that the horror YouTube channel, where I'm like, what disaster is you going to talk about today? <laughs> exactly. I get it. I get it. But, uh, no, I've uh, been watching these guys for a while, but uh, it is a channel called Riker Road, and it's about... Uh, and it's basically a music reaction channel and one is a metalhead one is a hip-hop head like they are both like from completely different genres of music as their favorites and they 
just try to watch music videos or listen to songs that cover both the genres and kind of blend them and other just things they've never heard before and react, you know, just like a lot of these reaction channels. I love these guys just because, like, they just have this great chemistry and charisma online. That's just... I'm watching them. Oh, are you? Yeah, they just have a very good, like, I don't know, something about them. I always just like the way they banter and everything back and forth and their excitement when, like, the music's, like, hitting them really well and they're all excited about it. But they've covered uh, a lot of videos by Falling in Reverse, Ice Nine Kills, um, and one that I was going to bring up for this to kind of blend it in a little bit with horror is they also were requested by fan by their fans to check out Electric Cowboy, who I thankfully was introduced to by our good friend Mr. Venom from Fresh Cuts. Um, and it's like a mix between, I think it's called Dancecore is the style. And it's a mix between dance and heavy metal. And it's uh, very catchy. You just kind of want to bounce to it and everything. Well, they do a lot of very funny videos. Um, one of the videos, though, is called Huracan. And it's like, they're dressed up like the Backstreet Boys almost in these like white suits and like this beautiful hair. And they're like singing this very poppy, beautiful song. And you're like, okay, this is cool. And then out of nowhere, it turns into a zombie fucking uh, attack. And all the band members just get mutilated and killed. And then the, the song ends within like a minute and a half. But I didn't know about that one until I watched their reaction. And like their reaction to that one, they're like, oh, this is catchy. What the fuck is happening? Oh, it's over. What the fuck was that? <laughs> um, yeah, I can tell they're really into like what they're watching and shit. Though they pause it and they talk about it. Yeah, yeah, they like and they like get excited and like they have like a button that they hit if like something's really good and it's a uh, they hit it and it goes fatality and stuff like that. But uh, nice. But yeah, they covered all like the Ice Nine Kills videos and were really digging them and just loved the story and video production of that. And like, yeah, they seem to like just enjoy and have knowledge about like the genres enough that like they just talk about what they really like about it. But yeah, it's just more fun because they just have this fun atmosphere to them that makes you really like them and really like you just enjoy their reactions. Nice, 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 nice. Well, it does look like a lot of fun, Scotty, and you did tie that pretty back good into horror, so good job. Yeah, I, was, I knew there was many ways, like, I could have done it with Ice Nine Kills and stuff like that, because Ice Nine Kills does their whole horror movie story yeah. throughout each episode, and, or music video and stuff, and, but yeah, I, I like these reaction videos mainly because this is a way to introduce myself to new music. Like For sure. And because, especially, like, a lot of new music, I don't listen to the radio, so I don't know about, like, popular but there is also you certainly don't <laughs> but there is also <laughs> there are also a lot of amazing talented musicians that are only successful on like youtube and spotify that won't get radio play and... just like podcasters like us exactly and yeah they uh they ended up covering this uh musician his name was is uh ren he's a really young like 17 maybe 20s like early 20s but like yeah he does like rap like very emotional music and yeah i definitely recommend checking out Riker road they're a lot of fun and i recommend all the bands that i mentioned too well that they've reacted to they're all very interesting bands fuck yeah fuck, fuck yeah. yeah oh for me so i i have a dirty little obsession i enjoy the slasher series so slashers had five seasons the only season i really didn't care for was the fourth um, but I have enjoyed the first, I enjoyed the second, 
I enjoyed the third, and I enjoyed the fifth so far. And it's a Canadian series, and what I love about this most recent episode is it's filmed in Toronto and being in Toronto in the 1800s. So remember when I took you to Dundurn Castle and we stood outside the front of it? Yeah. A lot of it's filmed there. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And it's filmed, like, all over the place in Ontario. So... I've only seen two episodes so far, and I'll be honest, I, I really enjoyed it. I I thought that it is moving very smoothly from, from one um, episode to the next, and I look forward to seeing the series continue. Right now, it's only watching live on Shutter, so someone else is uploading the episodes for me because I'm not able to watch it at the time that it's live. But I will order the channels for Prime Hollywood if I need to, or Hollywood Suites if I need if I want to watch it, um, all of them because I do think they're they're awesome and I really have been enjoying them. So if you're a fan of the original series, I would say one to three though because four was kind of not the best. Um, I would say check it out. I know some people don't like them; they think they're cheesy and stupid, and that's fine. But I enjoy them and I have a good time with it. So. Yeah, I'll say, because I know you've always championed this show. Yeah, I have a good time with it. Like, I, I don't know, I don't take it overly seriously. Like, I think some people make fun of it, and I don't know why. It's, I don't know, like, some people take horse shit too seriously. We'll get into that Beer the Bride with you. But, like, <laughs> honestly, like, it's a fucking horror TV show. Like, I watched all seasons of the Scream, film, Scream series, too. And, like, yeah, it got cheesy and stupid at times. But, like, it's a fucking horror TV series. Like, Fear Street series got cheesy, too. But it's right. a, I don't know. I don't, when it's something like this, I consider it fluffy. I don't take it like a A24 film that's trying to take itself too seriously. And I just kind of run with it. Right. Like to me, unless you're really presenting, there's A24 and then there's another one that every time, oh, IFC Midnight. Whenever I see those logos, I expect a much more serious like film. But if I just get, hi Dexty, if I get like something like this, I expect fluffy and fun. I don't really fucking care how well it's acted at times or the decisions that characters make or, you know, how it's written. I'm being watching to be entertained. Right. Right. Which I think is why I enjoy our next thing we're going to talk about in Out of the Dark a little bit more than you did. So we are doing our Out of the Dark segment and we will be doing a spoiler review of bury the bride spider one's new film his sophomore effort as uh scott gracefully put it earlier and we're going to talk about why scott's wrong and i'm right <laughs> and i'm just kidding um i am i am oh, so first of all let me just say i wasn't going to watch this film because scott was like ah it's not that great and i'm not a big rob zombie fan i thought allegory was fine i thought you know there were some stories that were better than others and i kind of just last minute i'm like fuck you know what it is spider one it's a well-known person i'm gonna watch it and i messaged scott 15 minutes and i'm like what are you talking about this dialogue's not that bad and and he was and that's where it began yeah um, that's where it spiraled out of control to our differenting opinions now of course at the end of the day scott and i are more than welcome of our different opinions i really don't care what scott thinks of this movie in the sense that he's allowed to like what he likes i'm allowed to like what i like right like it's it's fine um but i i didn't think the dialogue here was nearly as bad as rob zombie's films like do you no. honestly think it is like i said it's not as bad as rob zombie's the complaints i have about it is yes some of this did feel natural in the conversations but there was a four minute span i actually counted it because i re i was rewinding going man they're dropping 
F-bomb like fucking crazy right now. It's like, I'm kind of curious how many times. So I rewound it to where it kind of started. Is it the party part where they're all getting drunk? That part? It is. It's after that. It is. Okay. Um, I think it's when they're before they all get scared by the knock on the door. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. If I remember correctly. But um, I counted within a four minute span. The F-bomb was used over was used 54 times. See, that didn't bother me. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, it. I normally like. I don't mind like you know, fuck this, fuck that, fuck, fuck, fuck. I yeah, I don't mind that. But like for some reason, I latched onto that, and it just I couldn't let it go. Like I was just like Jesus. It's like I understand like swearing is a thing, but this is just ridiculous how much. See, it felt here. natural to me because they were all fucking drinking and shit. And see, I guess maybe also we talk differently. I do swear more than you do. Like that generally speaking, be. right? And I think maybe for me, I was like, oh yeah, that's how I talk when I'm hammered. <laughs> so maybe I was just like, I don't know, empathizing with the ladies and being drunk. And I was like, yeah, I get you. All right. So, right. all right. I want to talk about the biggest issue I have that you keep teasing me about with dumb decisions. Yeah. So, like, all right. So this movie starts off with, you know, the women all together in a car driving to what is. No, the... they start off with the one chicks taking a piss. Well, I'm not like I'm not going by like that. Scene, but yeah, but kinda... that's where it starts stating it, that they have no idea who this fiance is. And this chick's like won over by this guy. OK, yeah, there's that. But mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is when they pull up to her fiance's <laughs> vacation home, <laughs> it's. I looked at it and goes, okay, so this is like the evil dead cabin, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre type. You roll up to it and go, what the fuck? Oh, the man. Fuck I've seen here? houses like that in Michigan. Like, and, I, and I also go by them going, what the <laughs> fuck? Who would live here? But the house itself wasn't bad until they walked in and they're like, oh my God, it stinks. And you hear like flies buzzing and just like, it's like leftover food was laying around and shit like that. And then they go out to the back where the hot tub is and they're like, yeah, let's get into the hot tub. And it's got a cover on it. So it's one of those like snap down covers and they take it off and there is a severed fucking cow's head just sitting in water. And they're just like, oh, that's disgusting. And then they don't just, then they're not going, hey, that's fucked up. Okay. We should leave. They're like, no, let's stay here and make the best of it and party. And I'm going, all right. It was clearly a prop. It didn't even look like... So if I was there, I would have thought this is from a fucking Halloween store, and it was supposed to look like it was from a Halloween store. It See, didn't look like a real cow. Real cow but skulls it, don't look like that. But it was <laughs> real. But it was real. It was not real. It was a prop from a fucking Halloween store. No, I'm saying, in, the, was, in, the, in the movie, though, it's supposed to be I didn't think it was supposed to be real. I yeah. thought it was supposed to be something funny left by the dudes to be like, hoo-hoo. Like, that's how I felt the main chick was writing it off. Like, it was I mean, her fiancé. could have, but... Yeah. Like, they even held their nose and were, like, waving it. Like, so it smelled of decay and death. And... Well, and, the, like, the water was leftover water, which smells. When you, like... Okay. Like, I hear what you're saying, but, like... From an, another side, I thought it was a joke that the fake skull was left. And the water's, water smells like that. If you leave it like that and you don't treat it, like that's 
dirty water. Oh, I know that. That can but smell, like, right? But it can. But I also picture it smelling like rotted flesh and everything like that. And that's why they're plugging yeah. their nose. Yeah, and you're sure. right. The head, the head probably was left there as a joke, but in the movie was left there like a real cow head was left there as a joke because uh, of know, who these funny. people are. If like Spider One did leave it as like a prop that they didn't know was going to be there, and that was their reaction to it in the moment. <laughs> yeah, you know right. I mean, he could have. I wonder if he did that. That would be pretty funny. Um, yeah, and then they and stay. Just, yeah, and your then issue they is stay. that they stay. Yeah, like my main issue is, yeah, they're like staying. I, I think what would have solved this all would have been just one simple scene of her calling her fiance going, hey, this is not what you were leading me on to believe it was. Um, is, you know, is this the place? Like, just kind of like trying to like question him a little bit. But there's mm-hmm. not even that. She's just like, oh, it, it it's fine. And they just go in and they start partying and drinking, which, okay, you know, make the best of it, I guess. But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, go to the fucking hotel. Get the fuck out of there. But, like, obviously, you know, you're supposed to say that. I get that. But, yeah, one little scene of her just kind of questioning because, like, she's saying this is her fiance's vacation home. I, I'm just sitting here going, wouldn't you be questioning that? This is a guy you're going to marry and this is... I what? hear you, but they set that up well. Okay, when they're she's having her when they're having the pee and they're sitting there, she's like, Yeah, you know, he doesn't come from money. Money isn't everything. So she's already set up that her friends see him as trailer trash and that right. he's poor, right? So like she's there like defending the place because this guy and and later on he says, which I think is a really good line that explains all this. When you find out the reveal of who the guys are, we go out and we find women that are desperate, that are vulnerable. And like, that's why she was defending him. And it's like, he played into her. And that's why we joked that gaslighting was the term of this episode, because he obviously convinced her that, you know, he was a great guy, probably made her feel special, but was like, I don't have a lot of money. And like, it would be like, I don't know. Like, she's like, yeah, this is kind of his trailer home. I could see if maybe it was a trailer. Like, they were like, we're going to go stay in a trailer. And they get there and they're like, this is the fucking trailer. This is horrible. And maybe a hotel's too far to go to because they are out in the middle of nowhere. Um, Like, I get your arguments, but to me, it wasn't enough to take me out of the film. I felt like it was explained enough in horror movie logic magical land and for what this movie was again if it was an a24 film or an fic or an ifc midnight film i would expect more it's right. coming I, from spider one and i can see your argument but yeah like i just couldn't get past it because i'm just yeah. like because you know poor or from money doesn't mean hey let's leave this house rotting you can clean it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and, I mean, if she's using that as an excuse, that is a terrible fucking excuse. Well, she's also marrying a dude that she's known for, like, a month. Right. You know I'm what I saying, mean? That, that's clearly... another part where I'm just like, this character I'd have no sympathy for, because, yeah, she's just making one dumb decision after another. Like, same with the other characters. Oh, see, I didn't feel that way at all. I like oh. the ladies. I thought that they were all, like, I like the different personality types. I I don't know. The, the one, though. Okay, this is... I fucking laughed because of how, like, this is right before the reveal of what the fiancé and his friends are. Which, by the way, I which I all thought they were kind of hot because I was, I like that oh, kind of look, especially no. the one guy with the beard and shit. Well, it looks like Kenneth. That's why. I was like, like mm-hmm. I, Okay, I can see that. But yeah, like, right? you know, th- this is the part that I just sitting here going, what the fuck? 
because uh the partier girl the one that's obsessed with social media like the i guess quote unquote slutty girl yeah um She's like the boyfriend and her friends and his friends show up and say, hey, you know, we're going to like let you ladies just enjoy the night. We're going to patrol the area because there are wild mountain lion type cats out in the area. We're just going to patrol, make sure you ladies are safe and everything, blah, blah, blah. And the one party girl's like, oh, well, if you're all going to be drinking, I'll go with you. And I'm like, "Okay, no problem there. Yeah. And she liked the guy. Yeah. But then they get out to this dark creepy area and you can tell by her expressions and the way she's saying things she is getting creeped the fuck out by the way these guys are acting and then these guys are starting to act even more sinister almost giving off like rapey vibes and the girl's just like even says something about along the lines of like she's feeling a little uncomfortable about this hey we should go or something and they're like oh no just let's let's drink and then he's like we'll cue some music and they play this most poppiest dance music that it's almost like it triggered the most basic white chick part of her brain to go, oh, dance music and alcohol. I'm going to well, start dancing sexy well, she, now in this creepy situation. She, she did drink beforehand. And I'm not, I understand, like, you can't, you're like looking too deep into this. This chick went out there and she wanted to show off to the dude. So, yeah, she was getting creeped out. But then she was like, I know I'll, like, take back control because if I'm the... Because, like, have you seen dudes stare at chicks in strip clubs? Those chicks have all the fucking control at that oh, moment. Oh, they do. Like, yeah. they're, like, the guys sit there, like... So, like, she, in essence, I took it as using her sexuality to take, take control of the situation. You know, I'm going to be the one in charge of my sexuality. I'm going to be, like... And again, I'm not trying to look too deep into this, but that's what I think it was supposed to be. Look how sexy I am. Mm, yeah, I own this fucking thing. And yeah, it was basic music, but like what rights was he going to get? Right. Well, I'll, I'll say else, the music right? itself, I had no problem with. It was just, I laughed out loud because it just felt like the most poppiest thing ever in like a typical nightclub. And I was just like, and this is like the most basic white chick type yeah, um, persona. And, I, I, and it was I, just like, oh, sure. now I got to dance because this music's on. It was. And like, it kind of reminded me the other night of Club 54. So I can't really judge too much. But like, I I understand what you're saying. To me, I looked at a film like this and I was like, yeah. It's like in Friday the 13th, the remake where she goes fucking topless fucking water skiing. You wouldn't actually oh, ever absolutely. do that because if you fell, you would burn your titties on that fucking water. It would hurt really, really bad. Exactly. But like. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying, but to me, it wasn't enough to take me out because for me, the reveal, which I know you don't think was a big deal, but when she's flirting with the guy and she's like, oh, I want to get, you know, do you have a phone? I want to get your number or something like that. And he was like, oh, I don't have a phone. And he's, she's like, well, let's get a picture. He's like, yeah, yeah, come over here and take a picture of me and, and my girl. Takes a picture. She looks at it and he's not there. And up to that point, I thought they were just like creepy dudes. I thought this was like a hills have eyes kind of situation. There's trashy rednecks that are going to end up torturing these girls. But then they turn into fucking vampires. And I was like, what the fuck? Like to me, that reveal was like fucking finally a vampire movie with dudes that aren't suave or overly scary. It's either fucking 30 days of night or hello, look how suave I am. And I'm also a vampire. Like, these guys were the last people you think would be fucking vampires. They're a bunch of, like, rednecks that look like they're going to go to, like, a Trump rally in a couple of hours. And here they are, like, turning into fucking vampires. And they rip her fucking throat out. And honestly, Scott, from that point on, I was like, fuck yeah, movie. Like, thank you. I was definitely more on board. Um, It was just getting to that point that just felt like Mm -hmm. a chore to me. And 
I will say I didn't know they were vampires. Oh, okay. I thought you knew that they were vampires. No, I knew they were monsters of some sort. I just had this feeling. Oh, yeah? I yeah, didn't I, put that vibe at all. Yeah, for some reason, I just had this feeling like I didn't think of them as crazy redneck killer hillbilly guys. I didn't think of them as, like, rapists. I didn't consider them, like, anything, like, I didn't consider them a human monster. For some reason, I was just like, they're going to be some type of monster, a werewolf or something creepy or like some type of demons or something. I didn't think vampire, but I just for some reason thought, okay, something's up with these guys, monsters. And when I found out, this is where I kind of give like, you know, started giving it a little more leniency because when I was like, okay, they're vampires. Once that Mm -hmm. was revealed, I took it into my own head that, okay, maybe uh, Scout Taylor Compton's character wasn't truly seduced or like in love I thought with she this was guy. Turned. I, th- I was thinking maybe she got charmed by him because of the vampire. See, I power. thought she got turned. Honestly, throughout the whole oh. thing, I thought it was going to be real that she was turned. Gotcha. She wasn't. See, yeah, like well, um, uh, that would have actually been cool to reveal. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the thing. Um, but no, and- like I, I just assumed like okay, maybe the vampire just used his vampire abilities to you know seduce her that way, yeah. where she's not seeing the. Yeah red flag type situations. I mean, obviously the movie didn't explain that and that's all in my own head to try to make sense of it. Yeah. But like, yeah, once the third act hits, when the reveal happens, I'm a little more on board. Um, Okay. Because I think it's like, you know, that's when it actually goes true horror. It was basically just leading up to that point. I was having so many issues with the characters. I didn't care for them. I didn't like the decisions that were being made. Like, yes, I know horror films, characters make a lot of dumb decisions but something about this one just rubbed me the wrong way i liked it i like there's a part where they're in the shed and they're like fuck this like there was funny things they said or when she sees the guy kill her friend in the truck and she's yes. freaking out me that delivery was right on point of how you would probably act yeah oh 100 that- right like so I hear you, but the things that bothered you just didn't bother me. Right. Because I think I was so shocked that they were vampires because when she flips the photo on around and sees herself and not him and she looks up at him like, because I picture myself in that situation. You know, I'm hanging out with Kenneth at a bonfire and Kenneth and I take a selfie. Kenneth isn't really in the fit, in the photo. Kenneth is a vampire. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like it would blow my mind. Right. Yep. So, and I like, will admit that reveal of like how how they revealed they were vampires. I thought that was a cool little take. I like that. And like I say, like I want to see where the spider one goes from here because yeah, like I see potential. Um, but yeah, I just it was that dialogue in the beginning, and it was just getting to the getting to the horror aspects. Just it felt almost what is almost like the dialogue and like the whole setup almost felt forced to get us to this point. I guess. I I didn't have that impression yet again. We have different views of it, and that's absolutely fine. Um, I felt that the setup, the dialogue made sense to me for what it was. I I do like with Spider-Man and Bob Zombie, I do think they capture a little more realism with dialogues. Like, it's not movie dialogue where it's like, oh, no, I can't believe you did that. Like, there's... There's more of a what the fuck, man. Like, how the fuck could you, like, why the fuck would you do that bullshit? I do like that with Spider-One and Rob Zombie. Honestly, what I liked more about Spider-One and why I like this film is that bad guys were the bad guys. There was none of this, like, oh, there's a backstory that they're really not bad vampires and they're just doing this because they were bullied as kids. Like, there was none of that shit. Like, we weren't meant to feel bad for these guys. Like, when they sat there and told the chicks why they were doing it, they're like, we do this every year. We take turns convincing some lonely sad girl 
that we're going to marry her. We get them to come out here and we have our fun with them. Like, I really loved that dialogue because yeah, there was no bullshit was... to the point. Like, we're assholes and we're going to fucking kill you. Like, right. And I, and I thought that was pretty good, too. Um, the, There's the only one that yeah, I almost kind of felt bad for. But at the same time, they even mentioned, like, he could be lying. Was the uh, puppy. Share, share, Shez Bono, Shez Bono, Sonny, Bo, Sonny and Cher's child. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Chaz, Chaz Bono. Yeah, that's who it was. I looked it up earlier. Um, and I don't think he was lying. I think that's actually what happened. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was. But, like, I, I can see why the women did what they did because they're like. Well, this. we would yell at them in any other horror movie. We'd be like, what the fuck? Why would you believe them? Like. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, I, he's the only one that I kind of felt anything for. And even then, like, it wasn't like, oh, like, you were unsure. And yeah. I really, and I love the ending scene where, you know, she's talking to her sister. Like, there's a 10 minutes there where I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the slow burning of the vampire outside. And then you see the ladies have risen. Yeah, they're all vampires. At and the I'm end. like, I bet they're going to do the fucking same thing now to dudes. That's what's going to happen here, right? Um, and I thought that it was really cool. I thought the main vampire was really cool. The leader of it was really cool. I thought all the, the side guys were cool. I, I cared for the characters and for the ladies. I didn't want to see any of them die. Um, even Scout Killer Compton, who I, you know, I know people think she's super hot and stuff, and that's great. I don't think she's a great actress. Yeah, um, I find her just very in the middle of the road. I know, she's she's pretty, and that's fine. She's there. I get it. But I cared about what happened to all of them. I really... I don't know. I really, this movie really worked for me. I think Spider One as a director works for me because he's Rob Zombie light to me. He's yeah. enough of the Rob Zombieisms that I like his realness with his filming, but I love that he doesn't go too far. He doesn't feel the need to put like Sherry Moon and all this shit. And the one chick that he had an allegory and that he had here are good, it's a good fucking actress. She played the main girl, the, not June, but the sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. I think he's a good director. I really do. I think he captures scenes well. Him and that chick co-wrote the script, um, which I think makes a huge difference, too, is that he had a female input on that script. Because as a female, I'm like, yeah, I can see myself having conversations like that with my girlfriends, for sure. Right? So, like, I I definitely am a lot hotter on this one than you are. To me, it's probably the best even though we did allegory last year, to me, this is, you know, up and coming director. He would be in my awards right now because I do believe he's up and coming. And I do believe I'm going to like his stuff more than I'm going to like Rob Zombie. Not that it's a competition by any stance of the imagination. It's just my own personal preference, but I can appreciate that there were things that you didn't like, but to me, this movie was not an A24 or IFC midnight film where I needed all that stuff to, Right. Yeah. And I was saying, and you know me, like I, I have my movies where I don't know, like I can throw all that yeah. stuff out the window and not care and have fun. But like, yeah, something about this one just didn't connect with me. And that's fair. Right. But uh, you're wrong. So <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see what Tim has to say, Tim Davis, um, from the Demis of Horror podcast, because I do think he will like this film. I, th I say like, I honestly think, yeah, he might like it more because he is definitely more of the Rob Zombie apologist as well. Yeah. And it, like this fits along like the southern rednecky vampires kind of fits his style as well. Yeah. And honestly, I love the take on the vampire. For me, it was a take on the vampire genre. Like, like slow clap spider one for doing something different with a fucking played out genre. Like, A, the reveal was great. And B, I didn't, I didn't, I have never seen redneck fucking vampires like that. Like that I can think of in like a film. I'm sure they exist somewhere, but I don't like, 
remember like the seeing them. I, the closest I can think is like Near Dark. Yeah, I've never seen Near Dark. Oh, you need to see that one. That's a good one. Um, but I guess like to me and and the dialogue and I I don't know the lines where they're like, yeah, we just do this because we're dicks. Like I was just like, fucking thank you, Spider One. Thank you for not giving me some like sad little sappy back fucking story. Right. And the one person that had it throughout the entire thing, the way he was behaving. I was like, yeah, I get it. He's definitely the one that they bully. He's the one that they're not nice to. He's the one that's the butt of the jokes. Like, I get it. Um, but like the other three guys, they're pieces of shit. And they're like, yeah, oh, we yeah. take turns. And like, hey, like, remember it was your turn last year. We had fun with those girls. Yeah, we sure did. Like, no, no apologies, no regrets, no anything. And it wasn't like the over the top graphics places where Rob Zombie will go. Right. Right. Like the really sexual graphic violence that he'll do which you know that's fine if that's your thing and you're you know doesn't bother you and stuff and like rob zombie feels the need to put rape in every single one of his fucking movies there was no rape in this movie no no there was not murder right they just killed them and ate their blood like drank their blood that's what they were doing right so it'd be interesting check it out it is on tubi everybody so you know if you haven't seen it yet i would say watch it because i do think it's going to be a good conversation starter of the year I think either you love it, you hate it, you're lukewarm on it. I think either way, it's a free watch on Tubi. You have nothing to lose by watching it. Um, and see what and see what a new director's coming out with, even though it is yeah. someone that's fairly well known. But yeah, like I say, it's on Tubi, so you know, give it a chance to see. Are you a Scott Crawford or are you a Heather Powell? That's right. The question: Are you of good taste? <laughs> and everybody just let like us Scott. Know and or do you have bad taste like me who likes everything according to Scott and Tim? I don't even know how that's a thing. I feel like Tim does plugs his ears when he listens to our podcast. He must plug his ears and close his eyes when he watches AEW too. It must be a very complicated process. <laughs> but we will be back again in another two weeks. We will be talking about more 2023s. Hopefully we will have gotten out to the theater to see Evil Dead Rises. Uh, the Pope's Exorcist and Renfield are all theatrical releases that Scott and I do have to see. Um, yeah, and I was saying and, I'll probably be seeing Bo is Afraid soon. Yeah, I want to see that too. I just don't know if it's playing in any theaters near me. So hopefully it will be and I'll be able to check it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, we're part of the Legion Podcast Network, as we say on every single episode. We're under the Kill the Cast feed. They just released another episode recently, uh, Wrong Table Zombie Discussion. So please check that out. Hear what Jerry and the guys have to say. Always some good information there. Um, as we said, we're part of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us under their feed in To Kill the Cast, and as well as they have a Patreon that you can join for $3 a month. You can get you know, early access to Patreon shows, as well as promo codes, as well as special shows. And if you haven't joined Legion Patreon yet, we just want to know what you're waiting for. What and... are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Don't you take that from me. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I just feel in. bad making you do it every single time. I just, I, I feel it. like, okay. I just wasn't sure if it was getting old now. No, oh, I fucking love it. Okay. As long as it's not getting too old and tiresome and you're not like, if you make me do this one more fucking time, Heather. No, I, I, I like doing that. It's fun. Okay. What are you waiting for? <sighs> what a rush. <laughs> What a rush! That sounded like LOD going on there. Some Legion of Doom in the house. Oh, Tim, that was a that was a wrestling <laughs> reference. 
Do you know if Tim every episode now drops that he was in wrestling? Do you notice that? Every single episode now. I'm going to listen to that listen for it. He's like, yeah, when I was a wrestler, when I... Oh, maybe that's just on the Patreon when they did the wrestling finishing moves. Oh, probably was. Yeah. yeah. Which he didn't <clears throat> ask any of us to be on either. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. But it's because he's too hot. I'm going to make my movie instead of the Hills Have Eyes, Hot Australians, and it's just like Tim and his entire fucking family and his wife and shit showing up and making <laughs> you feel bad about yourself because you don't look as good as them. It's just a movie of me crying. I'm so ugly! <laughs> anyway. So we will be back with more 2023s and hopefully, I don't know, some more gems and maybe Scott and I can fight more about a film. Maybe and he'll watch, maybe Evil Dead Rises. Maybe we'll do a full review of that. Oh, there we go. Right. I was like, cause you already know I'm hyped for that shit. I know you're you're down to pound. I'm gonna be ripping my clothes off in the theater, <laughs> be like rubbing my nipples, like yes, <laughs> give it to me. Hey, you know what? Hey, they'll be like, and I guess a demon got him too. Um, <laughs> but uh, do you have anything to say to good people, Scotty, before we sign off? Yes. Uh, so until next time, kitties. Thank you for listening and unpleasant dreams. See ya, Spiderwim's the good director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>